O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, June 20th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Amos 8, 11, and 12. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, loving manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 22, 1-20 The Israelites then marched on and encamped in the steps of Moab across the Jordan from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was alarmed because the people were so numerous. Moab was alarmed because the people were so numerous. Moab dreaded the Israelites, and Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this horde will lick clean all that is about us, as an ox licks up the grass of the field. Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor, in Pithor, which is by the Euphrates, in the land of his kinsfolk, to invite him, saying, There is a people that came out of Egypt. It hides the earth from view, and it is settled next to me. Come then, put a curse upon this people for me, since they are too numerous for me. Perhaps I can thus defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed indeed, and he whom you curse is cursed. 
elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, versed in divination, set out. They came to Balaam and gave Balak's message. He said to them, Spend the night here, and I shall reply to you as Hashem may instruct me. So the Moabite dignitaries stayed with Balaam. The Lord came to Balaam and said, What do these people want of you? And Balaam said to the Lord, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. Here is a people that came out from Egypt and hides the earth from you. Come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I can engage them in battle and drive them off. But the Lord said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not curse that people, for they are blessed. Balaam arose in the morning and said to Balak's dignitaries, Go back to your own country, for Hashem will not let me go with you. The Moabite dignitaries left, and they came to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak sent other dignitaries, more numerous and distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, son of Zippor, Please do not refuse to come to me. I will reward you richly, and I will do anything you ask of me. Only come and damn this people for me. Balaam replied to Balak's officials, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything big or little, contrary to the command of Hashem my God. So you too stay here overnight, and let me find out what else Hashem may say to me. That night Hashem came to Balaam and said to him, If these men have come to invite you, you may go with them, but whatever I command you, that you shall do. 1 Kings 22, 1-53 There was a lull of three years with no war between Aram and Israel. In the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah came to visit the king of Israel. The king of Israel said to his courtiers, You know that Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us, and yet we do nothing to recover from the hands of the king of Aram. And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you come with me to battle at Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat answered the king of Israel, I will do what you say. My troops shall be your troops, my horses shall be your horses. But Jehoshaphat said further to the king of Israel, Please, first inquire of Hashem. So the king of Israel gathered the Nevi'im, about four hundred men, and asked them, Shall I march upon Ramoth-Gilead for battle, or shall I not? March, they said, and Hashem will deliver it into your majesty's hands. Then Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there another Navi of Hashem here through whom we can inquire? And the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is one more man through whom we can inquire of Hashem, but I hate him, because he never prophesies anything good for me, but only misfortune. Micaiah, son of Imlah. But king Jehoshaphat said, Don't say that, your majesty. So the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imlah, at once. King of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah were seated on their thrones, arrayed in their robes, on the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Shomron, Samaria, and all the Nevi'im were prophesying before them. 
Zedekiah, son of Chanana, had provided himself with iron horns, and he said, Thus said Hashem, With these you shall gore the Arameans till you make an end of them. And all the other Nevi'im were prophesying similarly, March upon Ramoth-Gilead in triumph. Hashem will deliver it into your majesty's hands. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the words of the Nevi'im are with one accord favorable to the king. Let your word be like that of the rest of them. Speak a favorable word. As Hashem lives, Micaiah answered, I will speak only what Hashem tells me. When he came before the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we march before Ramoth-Gilead for battle, or shall we not? He answered him, March in triumph, Hashem will deliver it into your majesty's hands. The king said to him, How many times must I adjure you to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of Hashem? Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered over the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And Hashem said, These have no master. Let everyone return to his home in safety. Didn't I tell you, said the king of Israel to Jehoshaphat, that he would not prophesy good fortune for me, but only misfortune. But Micaiah said, I call upon you to hear the word of Hashem. I saw Hashem seated upon his throne, with all the host of heaven standing in attendance to the right and to the left of him. Hashem asked, Who will entice Achav, so that he will march and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? Then one said thus, and another said thus, until a certain spirit came forward and stood before Hashem and said, I will entice him. How? Hashem asked him. And he replied, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his Nevi'im. Then he said, You will entice and you will prevail. Go out and do it. So Hashem has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these Nevi'im of yours. For Hashem has decreed disaster upon you. Thereupon Zedekiah, son of Chaniah, stepped up and struck Micaiah on the cheek and demanded, Which way did the Spirit of Hashem pass from me to speak with you? And Micaiah replied, You'll find out on the day when you try to hide in the innermost room. Then the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and turn him over to Ammon, the city's governor, and to Prince Yoash, and say, The king's orders are, Put this fellow in prison, and let his fare be scant bread and scant water until I come home safe. To which Micaiah retorted, If you ever come home safe, Hashem has not spoken through me. He said further, Listen, all you peoples. So the king of Israel and king Jehoshaphat of Yehudah marched upon Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Disguise yourself and go into the battle, but you wear your robes. So the king of Israel went into the battle disguised. Now the king of Aram had instructed his thirty-two chariot officers, Don't attack anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. So when the chariot officers saw Jehoshaphat, whom they took for the king of Israel, they turned upon him to attack him, and Jehoshaphat cried out, And when the chariot officers became aware that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. Then a man drew his bow at random, and he hit the king of Israel between the plates of the armor. And he said to his charioteer, Turn the horses around and get me behind the lines. I'm wounded. 
The battle raged all day long, and the king remained propped up in the chariot facing a ram. The blood from the wound ran down into the hollow of the chariot, and at dusk he died. As the sun was going down, a shout went through the army, every man to his own town, every man to his own district. So the king died and was brought to Shamran, Samaria. They buried the king in Shamran, and they flushed out the chariot at the pool of Shamran. Thus the dogs lapped up his blood, and the whores bathed in it, in accordance with the word that Hashem had spoken. The other events of Ahab's reign and all his actions, the ivory palace that he built, and all the towns that he fortified, are all recorded in the annals of the king of Israel. Ahab slept with his fathers, and his son Akazahu succeeded him as king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, had become king of Yehudah in the fourth year of King Ahab of Israel. Jehoshaphat was thirty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for twenty-five years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilhi. He followed closely the course of his father Asa, and did not deviate from it, doing what was pleasing to Hashem. However, the shrines did not cease to function. The people still sacrificed and offered at the shrines. And further, Jehoshaphat submitted to the king of Israel. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign and the valor he displayed in battle, they are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehudah. He also stamped out the remaining male prostitutes who had survived in the land from the time of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom. A viceroy acted as king. Jehoshaphat constructed Tarshish ships to sail to Ophir for gold, but he did not sail because the ships were wrecked at Ezion Geber. Then Akhazayu, son of Ahab, proposed to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants sail on the ships with your servants. But Jehoshaphat would not agree. Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of his father David, and his son Jehoram succeeded him as king. Meanwhile, Akazyahu, son of Ahab, had become king of Israel in Shamron, Samaria, in the seventeenth year of King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah. He reigned over Israel two years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem, following in the footsteps of his father and his mother, and in those of Jehoram, son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin. He worshipped Baal and bowed down to him. He vexed Hashem, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Acts thirteen sixteen to forty one. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and you that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with a high arm he brought them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot, 
and after that he gave to them judges about the space of 450 years, until Samuel the prophet. Afterward they desired a king, and God gave to them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up to them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony, and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed has God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Yeshua. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think you that I am? I am not he. But behold, there comes one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you fears God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet they desired Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead, and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled the same to us, their children, in that he has raised up Yeshua again, as it is also written in the second psalm. You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he said also in another psalm, You shall not suffer your holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was laid to his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, which you could not be justified by the Torah of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, you despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it to you. Psalm 138, 1-8 I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praise unto you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, 
when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing in the ways of Yahweh, for great is the glory of Yahweh. Though Yahweh be high, he has respect to the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Proverbs 17, 17 and 18 A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man void of understanding strikes hands and becomes surety in the presence of his friend. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Numbers 22, and then we're going to jump into 1 Kings 22, and we'll conclude with a word from Acts 13. And in Numbers chapter 22, verse 11, it is written, Here is a people that came out from Egypt and hides the earth from view. Come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I can engage them in battle and drive them off. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. As a result of the defeat of the Amorites led by Sihon and Og, king of Bashan, the people of Moab became afraid of the people of Israel. In an effort to stop the Israelites, their king, Balak, sends for the prophet Balaam to curse them. The Lord, however, has a different idea and puts a blessing into Balaam's mouth instead of his intended curses. This verse highlights Balaam's typically prejudicial attitude in his description of the Israelites as a nation that covers the entire earth. Even today, the Jewish people comprise less than 0.2% of the world population, yet they are often thought of as a nuisance that threatens the world. This story, however, also underscores the fact that anti-Semitism will not prevail. Hashem tells Balaam that the Jewish people are blessed and that those who try to curse them will not succeed, just as Hashem had promised Abraham long before. I will bless those who bless you and curse him that curses you. The Jewish nation is indeed blessed and has made enormous contributions to the world, as evidenced by the fact that despite their small number, between 1901 and 2015, over 20% of all Nobel laureates have either been Jewish <clears throat> or of Jewish descent. Continuing on in 1 Kings chapter 22. In verse 2 it is written, In the third year King Jehoshaphat of Yehuda came to visit the king of Israel. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In describing Jehoshaphat's visit to the king of Israel, the verse uses the Hebrew word yarad, which literally means he came down. When the Bible makes references to going up or going down, these terms often have spiritual rather than physical meaning. Therefore, going to Jerusalem or immigrating to Eretz Israel is always referred to as going up while leaving Jerusalem or the land of Israel is always called going down. 
Since Jehoshaphat is going from Jerusalem in Yehuda to the less holy northern kingdom of Israel, the Bible says he came down to visit. In modern Hebrew, the same expressions are used. Immigrating to Israel is known as Aliyah, ascent, while leaving is known as Yerida, descent. And now let's jump into the book of Acts. And here in chapter 13, Paul is giving a sermon. And he reviews the history of the people about their time when they are in Egypt and they are slaves and of the time when Moses delivers them, the God of Israel delivers them and Moses leads them, and also of the time Samuel the prophet and how the people desired a king. And then God gave them King David and that Yeshua is a descendant of the lineage of David. And then in verse 26, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you who fears God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. And something I want to emphasize here, this message is not for the Jews only, for the kingdom of Judah. It says, To you and whosoever among you who fears God. Now remember, in Acts chapter 10, we had a Roman soldier, Cornelius, and he feared God. He gave alms to the poor, and he was a devout man. And we saw in that whole chapter that the gospel message was for all people, not for the Jews only, but for all people, nations, tribes, and tongues. And then in verse 27, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And so notice that back in the time of Yeshua and in the years immediately following his death and resurrection, his early believers, the followers of the early church, the followers of Yeshua during the time of the early church, they would hear and listen to the scriptures that were would be read every Sabbath. So in the founding days of the church, they met on the Sabbath. But something happens later on to change it to Sunday. I want to go on to verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, which you could not be justified by the Torah of Moses. Now this is very, very important. We do not get our salvation and our righteousness and our justification by simply following the Torah of Moses. If we could, we wouldn't need Yeshua. We need Yeshua, and we need a heart relationship with him. We do need to be born again, and he takes out the heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. And then he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And once we are filled with this Holy Spirit and we are born again, then we can follow the Torah of Moses by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. If we don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit, it's external. It's religious. 
It's works of the flesh. It's a religious spirit. If we do have the indwelling Holy Spirit, then we are able to walk in the ways of Yeshua, to walk as he walked, and to follow the Torah of Moses. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your spirit. And I pray that we today would be like an eagle with two great wings, that one of those wings is the word of God, and the other wing is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and that with both of those wings we could soar to great heights, and that the wind under our wings would be you, that you would take us up to heavenly heights. Father, we understand and recognize we cannot fly with only one wing, with only the Word, or with only the Spirit. We need both. You said, Yeshua, that you are calling people to worship the God of Israel in spirit and in truth. So, Father, may we be that people today. May we worship you and follow you in spirit and in truth. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>